You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday. Welcome on in. A lot to get to from the weekend that was in Utah sports. This is the Locked On Utes podcast. Brian, my friend, how was your weekend? I have no complaints, Jake. I I got to uh, a a good mutual friend of ours, Steve Bartle, decided to tie the knot. Uh, So it was good to wish him well on his uh, upcoming nuptials and everything like that. And, um, you know, uh, other than that, uh, it was kind of a bumpy weekend for a Utah sports fan. That it was. And we're going to recap it all. A tough loss on the road against Oregon for the running Utes. We'll break that down. We'll also talk about the other sports that are in action this weekend. Women's gymnastics, baseball, softball, everything in between. we got plenty to recap ahead on this edition of the podcast. Also some new announcements for the Leadership Council on the Utah football program that we'll touch on as well. That's all ahead on today's show. Our title sponsor today is our good friends at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Save yourself 20% on your next order by using the promo code locked on love having them as a sponsor we'll talk more about them later on in this podcast all right without further ado let's break into it here this is the locked on utes podcast for february 22nd 2021 Once again, this is the Locked On Utes podcast, your daily podcast focused on all things Utah sports. My name is Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. And we have, of course, your co-host tandem covering all things Utah athletics every single day. Brown Bear, we have one simple request for most people. And what is it? We need you to go whatever your favorite podcast platform is and subscribe to our show. And if you have a few minutes extra, head over to the Apple Podcasts plot platform. You can go do it on your home computer. If you have an iPhone, you can do it on there. Leave us a rating and a review. Say whatever you want in the review. But, Jake, we ask one thing and one thing only, and that's five stars. Yes, we want five-star ratings. That's what, all we care about, really. You can, you can say whatever you want in those comments, like Brian said. doesn't matter, but leave us those five-star reviews. All right, getting going here on a Monday. Let's start off on the hardwoods. The running Utes, man, Brian, I feel like a broken record, but they go on the road. You think they have a chance at this. They're battling back and forth with Oregon. And then down the stretch, turnover issues rear their ugly head once again. And as a result, they fall 67 to 64. And just like we all thought, Jake, the Utes keep the game against Oregon close and get blown out by Oregon State on the road. <laughs> this team continues to surprise me in their ability to bounce back from bad losses sure. and and give a great effort they had an opportunity to wilt in the second half when three minutes 30 seconds without scoring and came back from that kept the game close oregon got a five-point lead but that was it utah led uh for most of the first half there were 16 lead changes in the in the i believe the first half 19 total so that kind of tells you you know, how close this game really was. And this is against an Oregon team that has really outpaced Utah athletically, but the Utes hung in there. They looked better in the areas that I thought they really struggled against Oregon state, primarily getting the ball up the floor. It was still bumpy at times, but we saw much better contribution from a lot of the players that struggled previously against Oregon state. So I think there's some credit to the team 
and people are going to cringe when I say this, but some credit to the coaching staff that is due for their ability to continually bounce back. Now, the downside to all of that positivity is two turnovers late in the game again cost them a, a probable win on the road. Yeah, I, I, people are going to point to the double dribble, of course. Larry Kraskoviak was very clear on his thoughts on the matter in the post game on that, but you just can't have those turnovers in the final minute. And it, it, it's been an issue that is, has come back again and again for this team, and it's just it's done them in multiple times. So at some point, you've got to see this team break through and realize, hey, we have a chance to win this. Let's make a winning play. Don't make a losing play. Don't make losing plays. Make winning plays and come out with a victory. You'd hope at some point they would have learned their lesson to this point in the season, but apparently they're still learning that lesson. They have not ultimately been able to overcome their issues. Timmy Allen seems to have a real casualness about him in those extreme moments, and that, that was really the in my opinion, the reason that he was called for the double dribble, he didn't just secure the basketball. He tried to be kind of cute with it mm-hmm. and, and batted at it, and they counted that as a dribble. And it, we can go back and forth on what constitutes a dribble and semantics and stuff like that. Sure. I, I genuinely have no idea what the rule is, and I like to bring this up a lot when people claim that you know the gather step or the carries <laughs> in the NBA are against the rules. Like They changed the rules years ago, right? Yeah. Like We just haven't updated it in our minds. Because we all learned what a travel was in elementary school. Uh, but regardless, what I think is the problem is the carelessness of the turnovers. Alfonso Plummer just dribbled the ball off his leg. And Timmy Allen, like fortunate that the ball gets knocked back towards him. But Timmy B, be a little bit more invested in securing the basketball yes. rather than just kind of being nonchalant out there. And some of that stuff is guys that are playing out of roles that they should be playing. And Timmy Allen's not a point forward no and then this is yeah that's not the role he should be playing in uh rylan jones against washington still just a sophomore so you can give a little bit of an excuse for that i don't know that they've really been in a lot of close games previously uh josh newman put together a really fascinating stat about how i think they've lost all of their games by 33 points total and and if, if you could if you like you know, added it all up and, and and varied that, that they could actually be, you know, close to 17 wins. So it's hard. And we've gone back and forth, you and I both, you know, in can, ca- casual conversation and on the podcast here about the coaching staff. And I think it's almost ubiquitous that for the most part, fans are all out, right? They're looking for a change. And I, I think what I'm scared about with that is that even if a change does come and, and neither of us have really seen or heard anything to indicate it, that it will again, $35 million in the red going into next fiscal year. It's really, really tough when you've just laid people off from athletic departments, jobs and furloughed people to say, yeah, we've got an extra 10 million laying around that we can sh- shy this guy out the door during COVID, which has clearly disrupted everybody. Michigan State's not even going to go to the, the tournament this year. They're going to have a losing season for the first time in Tom Mizzo's career. Yeah. Like, this is a crazy year. We do need to, like, focus in on that just a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you make a very good point there. But it's just I, I get fans' consternation because they have seen this program climb to heights hitherto <laughs> not seen, and they understand the, 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 the resources this program has now versus what it had then are night and day different. And they're like, okay, you have all the resources that we dreamed of having. Why can't you do it? You know what? 
make a coaching change and don't make a coaching change. I'm of the opinion that I, I'm with you. I don't see a change coming, but this is a program who is still battling. I will give them that because they looked way too lackadaisical in that loss to Oregon State. And there was a part of me that thought, okay, maybe this is where the wheels are going to come off this season. That was my legitimate thought after the Oregon State game. And then to go into that Oregon game and battle as hard as they did showed me that, no, okay, they haven't given up yet. They just they haven't. They just have not been able to find that winning play. And they're still improving, too. Yeah. That's the part that's really impressive. I thought Pella Larson really stepped up and played better. Now, this is the first time he's been the guy who had the ball in his hand to close a game at the University of Utah. So, yeah, he did struggle in that role a little bit. But that's the hard part about being a fan, man. You don't want to hear that. You want to win the dang game. Like, yep. you want to beat Oregon, especially in Matthew United Arena, where they haven't really won a whole lot. And the Ducks simply just don't lose. And so – all these things that fans are sharing, I empathize with them. I agree with a lot of them too. And I'm yeah. not going to tell anybody here that this is, this should change your mind or anything like that. But there are these considerations that we have to make along the way. And you and I have a responsibility as hosts to point things out, even if it isn't something that fans like. Sure. And I think that's a very, very common situation in today's market, today's media world where I have to say the bad things. I don't want to say them. I want to say the good things and I want to agree. And I want to talk about how everything is great and we're going to be better and, and sure. this and that, and it's going to happen, but I'm not doing my job if I don't, you know? Yeah. So it's a big week ahead here. They're going to have the home games against UCLA and USC this weekend. You pull off a win against one or both of those teams. That would be pretty monumental. There's no doubt about it, but we'll be previewing those games later this week and looking forward to that. But I think I'm with you, Brian. This team is improving, and that's the positive sign as late as we are in the season. You hope that they can just continue to show that improvement, and it results in some wins here down the stretch. You hope that that ultimately is what comes to fruition. But Absolutely, yeah. and you'll get Mickey Yantanen back too. Yes. That should help. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mickey Yantanen, he's on his way back. He should be one of those guys who kind of be that, that guy who can have the ball in his hand, and you can trust him, I think, a little more than maybe some of these other youngsters on this squad, and hopefully that can benefit them and have some more positive play moving forward here. All right, let's switch our attention, move over to the gridiron, talk about the Utah football program, some new additions to the Leadership Council, and some of them, frankly, surprises being announced. We'll touch on those here in just a moment. Today's show, though, is brought to you by our good friends at betonline.ag. Brian, how is that parlay a day going? We're hitting pause, Jake. Okay. We're, we're going to reevaluate things a little bit. Uh, but that's the great part about betonline.ag is that if you go there and use the promo code locked on, you get a 50% welcome bonus on whatever it is you're doing. So you can have these ups and downs. But that's the f also the fun part about learning what you like. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what you're interested in betting on, whether it's reality TV, award shows, that award show season is upcoming, the Golden Globes, I think, are this coming week. Uh, plenty to bet on in that world or the sports world. NBA, college basketball, National Hockey League, Major League Baseball is on its way here in the near future. No matter what you want to bet on, you can go to betonline.ag. The best part, it's free to sign up there. And as Brian mentioned, you can get a 50% welcome bonus courtesy of Bet Online. All you got to do is use the promo code Locked On when you make that first deposit. It's a great way to have some fun in the sports betting world. So take advantage of it now. It's all courtesy of Bet Online, your online sports book experts. 
All of you listening to this know that we are your daily podcast focused on all things Utah sports. Brian and I, we are talking about the Utes, but what about all the other sports in the world? If you want to be up to date on everything, we want to encourage you guys to check out the Locked On Today podcast. It's host by, hosted by Peter Bukowski, and he does a great job getting you up to speed on everything else. The biggest conversations in sports every day in under 20 minutes. It's a great product, a great podcast, and it's available wherever you get podcasts just like this one. So check that out. That's the Locked On Today podcast. All right, Brian, let's talk some Utah football. Obviously, we are running up on spring ball here. Looking forward to that, having some conversations, et cetera, about spring ball. But the Leadership Council, as many people probably understand, or maybe they don't, explain what a Leadership Council does, Brian, because you've played in a college program. And my base knowledge of it is that these are the guys who kind of been set forward to be the example to their teammates and really help push workouts, et cetera. That's a great way to phrase it, Jake. I think a lot of times what it is is you're naming players on the team that you expect to become leaders and expect to grow into these roles. They aren't necessarily captains, but what you need is you need them to be the positive influence on the rest of their teammates. You also saddle an expectation upon them that you want them to fulfill. And a leadership group, for example, will go to Coach Whittingham like they did last year and say that they were not – uh, not up to playing in the bowl game, for sure. example. I think last year was a little bit different. I don't think that they're going to continue to do that from year to year. But what the leadership council will do is they'll have conversations with the players. They'll meet together once a week, and then they will provide feedback to the coaching staff, much the way that you would in any kind of a business, right? You, you yep. don't have the CEO talking to every single play, you know, every single employee every single day. As much as we'd love to be on the phone with Ryan Smith on the daily, he probably has better things to do. And so the leadership council, the captains, they're in charge of doing the player run practices. They're in charge of getting their groups together. Anything that has to do with responsibility that's put on those players shoulders. It's a shadow leadership program because the coaches can do it all, but they want these players to grow and develop. Well, and they want the players to take an ownership, uh, ownership of their own program they're going to have thoughts and different things they want to see within the program and you mentioned the fact that the coaches yes they could run this thing and rule with an iron fist figuratively but they want the players to have buy-in they want them to take ownership and to be able to be that example like you mentioned for their teammates the, there were new additions added to the utah leadership unit a leadership group this past weekend brian run down the names for us and when you read these to me earlier on before we started hitting record i was surprised by some of them but also at the same time i was intrigued by some of the names as well absolutely and just for a quick little recap the spring captains and the spring leadership council don't always correlate with what will happen in the fall correct but the spring captains for 2021 are nick ford cam rising Britton Covey, Devin Lloyd, Mika Tafua, the new incoming players on the leadership council that, that were sort of, uh, I guess they did announce it, but this was sort of a reminder of who it was. Uh, Bryson Barnes, who is a quarterback walk on out of Milford high school, a player that you and I are both huge fans of Mm -hmm. excited to see him as, as part of that leadership council, Makai Bernard, JT Broughton, Vontae Davis, Keegan Mark Graff, Nephi Sewell, uh, Dylan Slavens, and Max Tupai. And they join uh, uh, Nick Ford, obviously, being a captain is on it. Cole Fotheringham, Devin Lloyd, obviously, being a captain is on the leadership council. Huati Pututau, uh, 
uh, Mika Tafua and, and Orlando Omana, who is also on the leadership council as well. Okay. Well, see, here's the thing about that. My, my initial thought when you read off those names was it's fun to see walk-ons like a Bryson Barnes being brought into this because walk-on life, and you, you, you experienced walk-on life. You mentioned this a while back, Brian, on the podcast. You experienced life as a walk-on. It's a different experience than guys who are immediately on scholarship and play their entire career on scholarship. So it's good to have a mixture of, yes, scholarship players, leaders who are very clearly in the running to be team captains. But in addition, yeah, guys who are walk-ons, who are paying their way, who are coming in here and trying to earn that coveted scholarship, but they can be an example to the other guys who are in the same situation as them because they're trying to all make good on the bet on themselves. And the important part about it too, Dylan Slavens is a guy who was recently placed on scholarship. We talked about him in a previous Mm -hmm. episode, a guy who's really worked hard and earned that opportunity, but a big part of what he's going to be doing is leading the scout team. And that's a critical component. Whatever you want to say, those guys have to get the other guys ready during the course of the season. You can't go one on ones on ones during the season because you've got guys who are nicked up. You don't want to cause any other injuries. You don't want to promote any kind of, uh, friction between units because there almost always is no matter what. (laughs) Um, so you have to have those guys who are willing to step up and be leaders on the scout team. And now is a perfect time to had handle, hand the mantle over to these guys and let them build into the fall. Yeah, so, and I like the, I, I just, like I said, I like the mixture of guys who are on this list because they come from different backgrounds, different position groups, obviously. And the goal now is, yes, for all of them now to press forward as a leadership council. They're going to talk with Coach Whittingham often to kind of let him know how things are going from the player perspective. And I think Kyle Whittingham, he understands the power that comes from this leadership council. He understands how important it is to have his players uh, being in the mix and being able to kind of give him feedback on how things are going. Funny enough, uh, the the crazy thing about the leadership council with these players is they will give coaches an idea of what uh, can be improved on or what maybe needs to be throttled back a little bit. And it's sometimes not even with them telling the coaches this. They can just see it from these players and how they're reacting to certain things. Absolutely. It gives you, they have, they're a conduit for, yeah. for whatever is going on with the team. And, and coaches usually have a pretty good pulse on that stuff that there are the ever-present coaching tricks (laughs) of the trade that that players don't ever seem to recognize. But one thing that I think also helps a lot of these guys, for a player like Nick Ford, who is looking forward to a a possible draft position, Devin Lloyd, for those guys to have these leadership opportunities on their resume as they go through the draft process down the road, I think it benefits them a lot. We've seen a lot of discussion, uh, you know, sur- surrounding Zach Wilson and and his lack of of being named a captain for a mm-hmm. team, which I, I I understand why people converse about that, but I think it's ridiculous. And, and so you're trying to give these guys an opportunity to have that for Nephi Sewell, for example, who sure. probably won't be a captain for this team, but will have an opportunity to go to the NFL draft and, and play for an NFL team next year, without a doubt in my mind, or Max Tupai, you want them to have that on their resume. And, and so that you can go and, and talk to scouts about them and say, these guys were on our leadership council. They know how it works. They're going to be good in your program when they move on. Yeah. It, NFL draft season's a crazy time. You know that as well as anybody, Brian. But you're right. And, and 
<laughs> a lot of it too is just people are are sending out disinformation trying to influence other teams right oh, absolutely. Like that's just the bottom line that's exactly what's happening but the good news is yes you have that on your quote-unquote resume when you're passing this along to teams i was on the leadership council and that gives you a little bit of a leg up in certain circumstances so that's the good news so congratulations to all the new additions to the leadership council and best of luck to them as they wind their way towards spring ball. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll recap the rest of the weekend in Utah sports. A lot to get to, gymnastics, baseball, uh, lacrosse. We'll touch on it all. We'll run down everything else you need to know as a Utah fan here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. Brian, I hope everybody took advantage of the one-day sale that we uh, talked about on Friday, but if you didn't, there's still plenty of opportunities for you guys to take advantage of the different offers that are out there, courtesy of our friends at Built Bar. What I love most of most of all, excuse not most of all, most of all is that there are 20 plus different flavors from Built Bar and every one that I've tried to this point, Brian, has been absolutely delicious. I'm in agreement with you, Jake. I obviously have my favorites, but it's never a bad time when you get to have a Built Bar. I like to mix and match sometimes. Sometimes I'm feeling the more fruity flavors. Sometimes I'm feeling something with nuts. Sometimes I'm feeling something without. And regardless of what flavor I choose, the consistency, the flavoring is all top notch. Yeah, give them a shot, guys. You can go to BuiltBar.com, learn more about it. Best part about it is they are high-protein, high-fiber, low-sugar, low-calorie. They're the perfect complement for wherever you're at in your health journey, whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight. You might be on the keto diet. They're a fantastic addition, and they are the perfect complement to whatever you're doing. And the best part about it all, they are incredibly delicious. So give them a shot. You can go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, by the way, while you're there, and save yourself 20% on your next order. It's a great way to save some money on these protein bars. Once again, give them a shot. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com and enjoy the best-tasting protein bars anywhere. All right, Brian, let's run down everything else our listeners need to know about the Utes from a busy weekend across the sports landscape for the University of Utah. I want to start off with the Red Rocks, though. You and I talked about, I believe on Friday, how important and how uh how, I guess, consistent both the Red Rocks and UCLA have been in the Pac-12, seemingly always in contention every single year. And they went into their matchup over the weekend, and we expected a good one. But congrats to Tom Farden and the rest of the Red Rocks. That's a massive victory for them to take down UCLA in that fashion. It is, and for the second straight year, it came down to the final routine. Uh, in order to remain undefeated, it was Sidney Soloski who posted a 9.925 on the floor to clinch the win, and it was a pretty close match, nine 197.225 to 197.100. Uh, I, I don't have my interpretation in terms of what a football score looks like uh, for that one, but I do know that that one's – that's by a nose. It's a little narrower than most. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great, great victory for the gymnastics team against a team that is wide, widely regarded as their rival in gymnastics. Well, and see the fun part is, and I think most people, when they think of gymnastics, they think of places like UCLA being a powerhouse. And then all of a sudden Utah bursts onto the scene and they've been just so consistent for what, three decades it's just fun to see them do what they do. And congratulations once again to Coach Farden and the rest of the uh, women's gymnastics program. That is a fantastic, fantastic win. Other things we need to note here, Brian, let's start off with the lacrosse program. I actually did see part of this match. And by the way, people that don't watch lacrosse, 
I would encourage you guys to give it a shot. It is a ton of fun. It's a high-paced, um, high-stakes type of a, a game. I, I just enjoy watching it. I did play it for a while as a youngster, so I've got, I guess, a baseline understanding of it, but it is a ton of fun, and it was in heartbreaking fashion, 10-9, to 9, to the Air Force Academy. And Air Force is a well-respected, well-regarded team in the Division One lacrosse landscape. This is a a rivalry game for the Utes in terms of trying to showcase where they're at. They've called themselves the Road Warriors for the season because of the number of games that they're going to be playing on the road this year. For them to hang into this game as a young team against a veteran, talented Air Force squad who who, who took care of business pretty well last year is a real testament to them. And Brandon Wilson had a really great game with two goals and two assists. Uh, Drew Wasserman followed that up with two goals as well. Jack Barron, another two goals and an assist. And then a goal for Josh Rose. Those are all newcomers, younger guys that are contributing to the program. And that's a really good sign for this Utah lacrosse team. Yeah, it is. And like, I, I actually, I don't envy their road heavy schedule this year because it's just tough because you're, you're all over the country, especially in lacrosse. Cause you and I have both talked about this in the past lacrosse in the Western United States there there are little to no teams out this direction so you're going to spend a lot of your time in the central and eastern time zones but nonetheless a hard-fought loss and you hope that at some point here yeah that 10 to 9 loss to air force for lacrosse becomes a 10 to 9 win for them yep and that's part of the reason why they decided to join into the ASUN conference to get more mm-hmm. uh, back-to-back games so to speak in terms of having home games uh, another sport that had a really strong weekend jake was our, our, our ladies over on the softball team getting three victories at the UNLV Desert Classic had 28 runs in two games, one against Cal Baptist and the second against UNLV, and then went on to win the third against UNLV on Sunday. Yeah, so they're now 9-2 and two on the season. Amy Hogue, uh, by the way, I've got a little bit of a, of a end to the softball world being married to a former D1 softball player. I have to tell you what, what Coach Hogue has done with this women's softball program, it is not to be overlooked. She has done an incredible job building this program from essentially the ground up. So to have them at 9-2 and two in the first like, maybe three weeks into this season now, that's a very, very impressive start to the season. And it sure looks like right now that softball program, they're going to be a force when it comes to the Pac-12 slate upcoming. 100%. And this is a team that's also battling everything on the road right now. Went over rival Brigham Young when they played in a tournament down in Arizona. They won't actually have a road, a, a home game at in Salt Lake City until March the 23rd. They'll be on the road again at the Dixie State Tournament. Then they'll be at Oregon, uh, including a couple games uh, next weekend in Tempe. So shout out to the Lady Softball Utes and the great job that they've done. Keep it going. All right, and then finally we wanted to touch on the baseball program opening their season, and we talked about this on Friday. They they kind of switched venues. They were supposed to go to UTSA, go to San Antonio. Then they canceled that uh, due to the weather down there in Texas, made a, sw- a quick switch. They went to California to face off against Cal State Fullerton. I talked about it on Friday. Fullerton is one of the really, really good baseball programs in the country. And Utah's learning that. But the good news is, at least in the first game, the first matchup, Utes hung tough with the with the Titans. Yep, lost 3-1. to one, and, and that was a, a very strong effort from a team that's kind of still assembling the pieces, still a young squad, yeah. as we've talked about, to be able to keep it that close going into the ninth inning. Uh, have a chance to win one that a very strong effort from them they'll close out this three game stand at Fullerton uh, Monday today 
at, at 1 p.m. And and we'll fingers crossed that when we you and I join up again tomorrow, maybe we get to talk about a uh, baseball victory. It'd be nice. There's no doubt about it because this Utah baseball program, and I, and I, of course, people know that I do the Locked On Cougars podcast covering BYU. I've talked about this with cold weather programs when it comes to softball and baseball. Many times they go into the start of their seasons, Brian, and they have a hard time, especially on the offensive side of things, uh, getting hits and scoring runs just because they haven't practiced heavily because of the weather where they're located. I, you'd like to see Utah baseball get a little stronger start. The good news is softball has not had any problem apparently with offense to start this season. So you hope at some point it clicks in for baseball and they start to generate a bunch more runs. 100%. And it's good to see that they at least can compete sure. for one or two games against a team like Fullerton, who is a perennial powerhouse in the baseball landscape. Yeah, so a lot of fun. But that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. Brian, impart upon our listeners some wisdom as we go out the door here. Jake, every day is a great day to be a Ute. Make today one of them. There you go. I like that. Let's let's go with that. I like that a lot. We will leave you on that, guys. Make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On Utes on Twitter at Brown Bear SLC or myself at Jacob C Hatch. You love hearing from you guys. Also, feel free to email the show if you want to drop us a note. That way, you can do so. Locked On Utes at gmail.com is the email address if you want to reach out to us in that fashion. All right, that'll do it for a Monday edition of the show. We'll have a lot more tomorrow and on throughout the week as we talk all things Utah. Maybe Make sure to join us every single day. And until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for February 22nd, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.